And welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Rafiq Shaheen, Matt Glidden, Jimmy Moynihan. So how was your guys? Well, I mean, we've all kind of had a somewhat eventful week in our comedy area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is? What do you guys want to start? I mean, we, I think almost all of us were on the same show at one point. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the Laugh Addict show was. The same venue. Yeah. yeah, that's the biggest one this weekend. Then. Yeah. yeah so in, in Brevard County, Florida, which is where we are, we have a new comedy club that just started. It's called the Laugh Attic. It is. It's above a bowling alley actually, and a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, it's above the Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, that's but it's that's in the same building as a bowling alley. Yeah. so it's like <laughs> it's like you can, without without having to cross through a door, you can go from a comedy club to a Mexican restaurant to a bowling alley, <laughs> and an arcade. Yeah, and an arcade yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way on the other side. Yeah, but I mean, it's it it was very cool. The first show we had was like twenty people. Something like that. Uh, maybe less than that for show. I wasn't there. First yeah. oh, show. It was enough to fill that whole left wall and like four four tops. Yeah, so. no, nah, it was probably fifteen people, something like that. But the the long row of people along the wall, they were fun. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the audience was pretty dead. But <laughs> that row <laughs> along the wall was a lot of fun. Um, and then the second night, which I wasn't there for the second night. But it looked like it was insane. Packed. Yeah. There were the only seats that were open were like three up front, and it's just because there weren't any solo writers. <laughs> which, which is something that people have to people have to learn that, and the comedy clubs that seat the audience instead mm-hmm. of just letting them go sit where they want to sit are always better. Yeah. Because if yeah. you don't sit, people, most shows will have an empty front row. Yeah. And it's so stupid. It feels stupid when you're on stage performing. Yeah. It looks stupid when you're, you know, <laughs> sitting in the audience video. and you're yeah. looking at it. And then when people take pictures, they'll literally say, like even from the Laugh Attic, yeah. the, the pictures would say, sold out crowd, empty front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it makes it super obvious that it technically isn't a sold out crowd. Yeah. Because <laughs> you managed to have four empty seats. in the back. Like they were willing to stand in the yeah. back before walking up front. Yeah. And I think it was because the show had already started and some people were showing up late. But before the show started, people should have filled those but seats. But people up. are also terrified of sitting in the front, front row of a comedy yeah. show. That's the one thing they always say. Even though yeah. if nobody sits in the front row, then the second row just becomes the front row. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see people signing up for like an open mic sheet and they'll sign up like, oh, I want to go fourth. And it's like nobody signed up for spots so one through three. Now you're yeah. first. <laughs> now you're right. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, it was a very good... I was impressed by how quickly that show started to fill up. Yeah. I mean, from night one to night two was a huge difference. Yeah. Props to Brian and Eugene for packing that place out, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I would I was going to ask you, Jimmy, because yes. I, I credit that to Eventbrite. Does that sound? Credit. The, the audience turn out so fast. Because to me, it couldn't have been. Um, it couldn't have been the people knew it was there. It's the first weekend. Yeah. And there wasn't a huge amount of advertising. Was it out. free admission? Uh, no, I think no. it was ten bucks. Ten bucks, yeah, I think well, so. Ten I guess like so. If it yeah. was it promoted anywhere else? Um, I believe it was Facebook. Um, Facebook and then boosted like posting about it and then boosting the posts. That could be it. I know it's George, right? The um, the guy that runs yeah. it's George. Yeah, so Eugene George is booking it. I don't know what Brian's capacity is, but I know Brian's helping I as well. I just know their tech team. Brian's a recent addition. George okay. told me he knows a lot of people. Okay. So he said that um, a lot of people just come out 
if they know about it. So that could be nice. it could be just some people that George knows. Oh. But I don't know. I but mean, Eventbrite definitely helps. So uh, I went uh, the first night Chris and I were on stage, and the second night I just went out to support, and then I ended up going over to Jimmy's show at Cloud Parlor. And, like, there were a lot of people in that space who, like, they were, there were so many people in that space, like, the bowling alley looked empty by comparison. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, they, like everybody <coughs> there was just excited to be like, oh, there's something to do now. And it's yeah. like, that's the power of, like, a good stage. Yeah. Stage helps. Yeah. For sure. Me and Brian did um, the Silly Goose show. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, my God. It was great. It was p- sold out. So, so, what cool. is the Silly Goose show? I've never heard <laughs> of it. It's Rue. Rue runs that, yeah, right? Rue's room. Uh-huh. And uh, it's silly. And there's like a improv in the beginning, but then it's just straight sets. And there was no. I mean, there's there's a stage, but it's not it's ground level to the crowd, but it's it's a playhouse, you know. So oh, okay. it has okay. a feeling of a stage. Yeah. That's really uh, cool. Brian had a great set. Yeah. So just are you forced to do improv, or is that just? Like no, I just did comedy. Okay. I just did uh, did stand up. Well, that was that was fun, and I met this kid uh, who was really fun. Twenty four year old kid. Oh, I sound old, but. Uh, <laughs> And he's like funny, and I like when I'm uh, surprised by someone that's just really good. And let me see his name real quick. It's uh. So in the meantime, we also did a I comedian's fishing trip. Oh, yeah. Wait, what, you got his name? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah hold up, hold up. That was fast. Yeah, Preston Canavan. Preston Canavan. I know okay. that name. It's funny. Right, Shoutouts mm. to Preston. Yeah. And where is he? Orlando. Yeah. Okay. Funny, original, and uh, on his Instagram, he has really good um, s- sketches. Mm-hmm. I really want to do some sketches. I think that really fills the gap when uh, you don't want to post stand up all the time. If you can yeah. like string together a bunch of sketches, that's what I'm going to try to do before I leave with Anthony. Is just get like five sketches in, and then in between my stand up, nice. I'll just post some sketches. Post sketches. And also like I could just use my phone. If something's funny and I can do it by myself mm-hmm. or with one other person, let's use my fucking phone. I mean, honestly, with a tripod and your phone, yeah, and a decent microphone yeah, for you your get phone, a mic, yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything. I mean, the phone's now shooting 4K. Yeah. So I mean, there's not much you can't do with your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, also Friday, the mo- one of the scariest. Oh, I had one of the most horrifying sets of my life. Um, like you know that dream where you forget every like you can't think of one joke so you're oh there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you can't think of your <laughs> set at all so, like at all yeah. like you can't yeah. think of one and so I'm hosting for uh, Mick Thomas and uh, so I uh, I'm doing and I'm, I didn't prep at all I was just talking to Mick and uh, Aaron, uh, Adam and so I go up, and I was ta- telling Mick, like, I'm moving to Austin. He says, oh, that's great. And, and uh, like, yeah, I'm excited to go. <laughs> and you're, like, big enough that you're and ready to right move. And well, ready to <laughs> I didn't say that, but, like, Adam's like, yeah, you'll, you're going to do great. You're funny. And then uh, he goes, that's great. You're going to, you know, you'll kill it. 
and then I go up and I do about seven minutes and at the seven minute mark I did a did a joke and it was like it didn't work it got like nothing and that's when I usually panic I'll go into like a mini panic if a joke gets nothing mm -hmm. and um, I uh, I completely froze I couldn't think of one thing and Fuck. then so like the audience is staring at me this has never and happened. And now you're staring back at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's next? And then Mick comes out like um, as I froze. Like it was like perfect timing. <laughs> he came out and he's looking at me. And then I'm looking at him as I can't <laughs> think of something. And I literally couldn't think of anything. And then I was like, uh, do anyone go to the gym? And I thought I had a joke about the gym. And then I froze again. Couldn't think of so you do have one about the gym yeah but i had nothing right Man. there i didn't i was like it was amnesia yeah and so i couldn't think of anything so Fuck. i'm like okay well we're gonna get this show started who's ready for a show <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and so uh just the absolute worst there's nothing worse than that so i come out and i go outside and i'm like i wanted to just like run to my car and drive away yeah but the future was on but i was like panicking and roy uh Roy, fuck, can't think of his last name. Shepard. Roy Shepard was like trying to calm me down. Yeah, he's good about that stuff. And then, um, were you hosting or were you just hosting? Performing? Yeah. Yeah. So then Mick comes out and he goes, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. He goes, Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, just uh, can you do two minutes when you go back up there so I can switch phones on the tripod because he he was using adam's tripod so i'm like oh shit now i have to do two minutes and i'm like fuck um okay so then so adam comes off stage and as i'm walking up i realize i'm blanking on the two minutes no i'm blanking on his name the headliner's name oh so i'm going up not knowing his name <laughs> oh god uh so i whisper <laughs> in adam's ear i'm like what's his what's his name <laughs> and he goes mick thomas <laughs> and i'm like okay so like now i have to do two minutes in my head i'm just saying mick thomas mick thomas <laughs> and i did this joke um or like i read a text message and then i ask uh after i read the text message it's a text message to a girl and after i read it i ask for feedback and usually it's you know just whatever yeah. uh after i read it this time uh, this guy goes, you were too harsh. That was, you went way too far with that text message. <laughs> not, that's not okay, man. I mean, you match with her. You started the conversation. And then she, that's completely the point, serious. but they're not supposed to respond yeah, like that. Never, shit. I never had that ever. Ugh. And so the first punchline didn't work because it went into this place where this guy was like, dead serious dead Jesus. serious so that <laughs> didn't work and then i have He's a like an activist <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not get how comedy works i was like yeah and then the second one and then the the um tag didn't work so just oh, two minutes just <laughs> silence there's, there's only one laugh in those two minutes leading up to that oh god so nothing mm. and then i'm like okay who's ready for your headliner <laughs> <laughs> and then i blink on his name again oh, oh fuck. so <laughs> I was just going to say, the only way this could get worse is if you forgot his name. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what happened. So, like, as I'm talking, I have my phone out still from the bit. Yeah. And uh, I wrote it down when I started. 
and I had to look. So I literally looked at the name on the phone. My <laughs> only job is to remember the person's name. <laughs> so I got off stage, and I literally oh. wanted to um, commit suicide um, in the room. Um, what, were the first seven okay, though? Uh, <laughs> oh, before first, you went blank. The first yeah. seven was was all right. I wasn't killing or anything. The crowd was like... Okay, so shitty, I mean, like, but I didn't help. Yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, that's a horror story. But like, it's not as bad as if you were like bombing the entire time and then blank. Well, yeah, yeah but I, w- I didn't have a great set. I didn't have a good. I mean, it was it was r- the whole thing was it rough. Rough, yeah. And uh, so Mick came up after, and I was still like upset, and he just gave me compliments, and which. I was like, uh, I'm not buying it. Now you're angry mm-hmm. at the yeah. government. And, <laughs> and then uh, he's like, the fact that you're ripping your hair out over this shows that you're a comic. So you're a comedian. Don't worry. Like you, you're upset about this. That's that's normal. So it was fine, but it was definitely humbling. Yeah. And uh, terrifying. And <laughs> terrifying. And I tried to learn from it. Yeah. But yeah, literally. I lived. I was living my dream. <laughs> my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's living a nightmare. It was wild. I did that at um at Snappers once at a um, it was a, it was like a Halloween show, so sometimes they do these Halloween shows where you perform the material of a comedian who's passed away, and what you do it's like, before you go up they announce, hey, this is Chris Robinson. He's been doing, um an impression of Patrice O'Neill mm-hmm. and then you go up and you do like hey Patrice O'Neill is one of my favorite <coughs> comics and you do some of the material right well if you blank on your own material you can kind of do some crowd work yeah and as you're doing crowd work your material will come back to you because you wrote it yeah mm-hmm. it's in your brain yeah if you're doing someone else's material and you blank it's just gone yeah <laughs> so i'm on stage in the middle of doing like a portion of elephant in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like like six minutes or something yeah and i just completely forget what was next mm. and there's a moment where which which i'm sure Ooh. was probably 15 seconds but to me felt like hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I'm just bumbling around. Felt, yeah, for me it felt like like 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Adam Fuck. said it was like maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> just fine. I got one laugh in that 30 seconds because I'm like uh, this guy earlier in the set was saying that he likes um, ketamine, mm-hmm. and so I made a joke about that. So I got one thing, but then. I went right back to yeah nothing. There's a weird level of awful that comes with performing in a room where like you're bombing, but everyone's polite about it. You know what I mean? Like almost feels worse, right? Like if they're if they're like talking and being disruptive, you can be like, yeah, well, fuck those people. But if everyone's just silently, we're trying to like you. We're trying, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah, the pity hurts more. Yeah, yeah, no, my. How did the impression of Patrice go? It, so the thing, the, the reason why I got mad was, and this <laughs> this is kind of annoying. So at Snappers, this contest, you do the first round. And then if you make it through the first round, you do the second round. And then the winner of this, the finale gets to work a weekend at Snappers. But my thing is, 
what does you being able to recite know, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> have any yeah don rickles is really funny material have to do with you being able right. to do a weekend at snappers <laughs> has That's nothing crazy. to do with it makes it. no sense so i was just passionate because i was like i know i can almost recite elephant in the room off the top of my head mm-hmm. i'm gonna go up there and kill and the first night i did killed first night and yeah. then second night i just had that moment of it, it my brain just shut Fuck. off that special is such a perfect example of that you don't need the audience to like you in order to be funny because he put no effort into (laughs) making sure the audience liked him straight into it just oh my god my favorite part when he when he walks out in that special is the first thing he says is like there's a particular pair of titties in the front (laughs) i thank the audience coordinator for putting them up front just completely honest and just so good a real reaction Uh That's one of the only specials where you're watching it and you could tell, like, there's a plan, but he's really just up there having a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen are... Beer Hall Push? No, what's that? Uh, fuck, what is his name? Um, oh, uh, Doug Stanhope. Yeah, Stanhope. Yeah. Okay. That Beer Hall Push is, he specifically does it in a style where he's like, most specials are like these overproduced you know like bullshit things this isn't what like real comedy looks like so he just does like basically in a warehouse with like folding chairs and when you're talking about a special where somebody is like i know there's a plan here but like i just want to do jokes you know or like whatever i wrote like that's another great example of somebody who went up there is like i don't i don't care (laughs) hey this is is the reality of comedy like you're not you're not selling out madison square garden you're like in a warehouse like your friend owns (laughs) i admire that about him so much yeah and he's like he doesn't care if he bombs like he doesn't have that fear and if and that kind of thing if it's filmed right can actually be cooler than like a large high production value special and it is filmed pretty good right yeah yeah Yeah. it's like well it's well produced it's just chaos because there's like um i I read this article making fun it was uh it was about gerard carmichael's um one of his specials and about how he the director he hired was a director that doesn't normally do comedy specials it's like a this is a film director and he wanted the the comedy special to really feel like you're immersed in a film Wasn't it Bo Burnham right I'm not sure I yeah know. I think Bo Burnham directed one of them but um he's what they basically explain is how most comedy specials there's like like the camera will literally swing around the audience yeah. and then there's these big like uh, to me I, I envision Chris Rock specials yeah. where the camera will bounce to all the way in the back of the room so you see this giant arena with yeah. thousands of people in it and then it'll zoom in on Chris's face and then it'll swing across the stage yeah. while he's in the middle of a joke or yeah. like Kevin Hart specials he'll be standing there talking and the camera Kevin's will literally right like like rotate, like around, rotate yeah. around him while he's talking and it's so distracting from the actual material yeah gerard's carmichael's thing was just put the camera close up on me maybe have one further away shot but i want the camera in my face for the majority of the show because that's how you would actually experience a comedy show if you went to a comedy show there's a guy in front of you mostly standing still talking yeah yeah and it somehow the material comes across stronger yeah if you can emulate it's so you can't emulate that perfectly and stand up 
on TV is just so hard to get into. So if yeah. you can <laughs> try to somehow do that, that's great. Uh, it's like there's nothing like live comedy, unfortunately. I mean, that would you know, that would be an in, to Jimmy's point. That would be an interesting viewpoint. Is if somebody filmed a comedy special as like a POV shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like from start to finish, just like the camera comes in, someone takes you to a seat, and then the camera just sits <laughs> there looking at in the, the audience, stage. Yeah. At table yeah. level, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe like VR would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah Surround sound in your ears. Yeah. Because apparently they're doing, people are doing VR comedy shows. Like in like Twitch or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are doing stand up in Twitch, which yeah. I guess. It's, uh, it's the world weird. is so weird now. The, I don't know. There's a Steam program out there, which is like a virtual comedy club, which like you download it, you go on to the, I forget the name of it, but like, I think it's like Mike Knight or something like that. But like you will go on it and you can like sign up essentially for like a oh digital God. open mic. And part of me goes like, that seems cool, but like I never would want to put my material out there because like you don't know if the company's like, well, we now own everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They did I'm that in the metaverse as well. Yeah. 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 There was this documentary on HBO where uh, it was during COVID. There's this app. There's like a whole program of this giant uh, um, universe, like uh, what's it called, VR universe, VR, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that there's people that met in it and had relationships like on VR and they had like, um, so it's super expensive, but you can get a suit where you like feel it's like haptic uh, haptic feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Like what now? Haptic feedback. He was stuttering over here. So you put it on your whole body (laughs) and so like you can walk. So like people can be in the VR universe without it and just, use a controller or whatever Mm. but you can also have it so it's like you know you're walking and stuff and you can feel things uh but then um there's these little shows you can go to there's yoga sessions and there's (laughs) talent shows (laughs) there's comedy shows that's wild and they're so immersed in it it's wild it's all right i for someone who's handicapped i understand (laughs) but if not there's a thing called planet earth that's outside of your front door. And a lot of people don't like living that, living in that <laughs> world. <laughs> well, because I mean, the outside's hot, and you <laughs> <laughs> like. There's like a, there's an alternative for people that are just recluses yeah. now yeah. that would stay yeah. in their house anyway. Yeah, and it's like uh, this VR universe. It's wild. It's but tough. one couple that they, <laughs> the dude proposed to the girl. In the VR universe, oh oh and then they met. So the ending of the movie is them meeting in person. Yeah, getting on a plane uh. and meeting, and it went fine. Really? Yeah. I expected him to but get like there, and it's a fifty-year-old man. The whole entire documentary is in this universe. Like when they interview, oh, they never leave. Well, you don't see anyone. Besides in the universe, like when they interview so just a bunch of avatars. Yeah, when they interview people, it's their avatars Whoa. and opening their mouth and everything. <laughs> it's it's really trippy. That's like if you had like a bunch of those VTubers together or whatever, mm. and you're like, oh, we're gonna have a serious conversation about like the Fed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, looking at it like a grown ass wolf woman 
talking about like monetary policy you're like i don't know if i can trust any of this yeah. <laughs> it is really weird and like yeah. it and you could your avatar could be anything so it could be like a lady that's hot a lot of these a lot of the avatars are like hot ladies well or like yeah. sexy men mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i love that i want to select the internet <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, and then, like, they're playing pool together and, like, going on dates. And, um, but then it could just be, like, a, a dude, like, a, just a, like, a, like, a zebra or, like, anything. It can <laughs> literally be anything. So, it's so weird. That sounds like VR chat. Yeah, but it's wild. I mean, there's so many people in this universe. Yeah. I think it would be more, now that Jimmy pointed it out, I think it would be more suspicious if you came across somebody who was ugly in that you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? you purposefully did this right yeah you'd yeah. be like either you're super hot or you're like terrifying <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> your expectations are so low you think right. this is hot <laughs> and you're paying for like the avatar and yeah. like accessories and stuff like you're paying <laughs> to have big tits and stuff it's like oh, but, you oh wait you pay for them? those specific I'm guessing. like it costs more <laughs> probably <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious you gotta buy fake tits whether you're in real life <laughs> or <laughs> right in the, yeah it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter reality <laughs> but wasn't there wasn't there a thing where all these celebrities lost their ass because they were buying prop like real estate in the metaverse oh, yeah. in the metaverse yeah and then it turns out to be worth absolutely nothing, nothing which at all makes perfect sense yeah. of course this digital real estate would be worth absolutely nothing people yeah. were spending money to be neighbors with snoop dogg like that was one of the big things in the news yeah. <laughs> everyone's trying to be neighbors with snoop dogg <laughs> he's incredible. never home or like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or like nfts like there was yep. i keep seeing all these that things that pop up where it's like you know jake paul bought this nft for a hundred fifty thousand dollars and it's now worth it's fourteen dollars or yeah. something like that well i mean like it's a green good scam from like top to bottom you know, mm-hmm. and like it's, it's one of those things where like when people were first coming out with NFTs to begin with, even you know like Bitcoin and all that stuff, I get the principle behind it, but on a functional level, anytime someone goes, "Hey, do you want this thing you can't see or touch, and you yeah. just have to kind of trust me that it's real?" <laughs> right. I go like. Mm. <laughs> but that's like with like anything so people just took a chance it was brand new they didn't know what direction it was going to go in yeah. but it kind of like with a stock like as much as you can read up on a stock you're when you're buying into like a new company mm-hmm. you, you don't right. know what the fuck's going to happen you can you can do as much research as you can but i think it's like if you are you like okay i'm going to put money into this but then i can't look at it or expect I feel, anything I feel like, and I agree with you but I feel like the big difference is when a company starts up and goes we're issuing shares of a stock right. if they fuck up you can go to a dude's home and be like what the fuck man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whereas like bitcoin and NFTs and all that stuff was just like no no some guy named wolf blowjob 69 owns yeah, like fuck me that <laughs> fucking wolf blowjob goddamn wolf blowjob yeah it's kind of crazy how much people believed in bitcoin and it fucked them right yeah. there's a particular I'm person to see a lot of people got rich off it what well, there was a comic who had a great bit where he was like uh his his son uh was like 16 or 17 when bitcoin came out Mm. and was like making bank off of it and he was like how bad is it that i had to borrow from money from my son during the pandemic to pay for his own child support (laughs) (laughs) that's wild there's god i I wish there was a what are you looking for i was looking up the bitcoin that i own and i was trying to see 
how disastrous. I know it's disastrous. Yeah. Because I remember a point where I stopped looking at it. Because, <laughs> 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 like, I think I think when I bought it, it was at like forty thousand, and it went up into the sixties, and now it's down to twenty six. <laughs> How great would it be if this is the moment Chris is like, oh, this is a couple billion? Yeah, he, I'm out. <laughs> like, he doesn't say anything. He just gets up and walks out the room. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I invested late. I just, I, what I started doing was just out of curiosity. If there's any company that I want to know about, mm-hmm. I'll buy like $10 worth of their stock so that you get sent the reports. Mm, yeah. yeah. So when I saw Bitcoin, I was like, there's all these people saying it. You know, you can make a lot of money. There's a lot of people saying this is all a scam. Mm-hmm. I was like, the only way to really know is to just buy some and just watch it. And I watched it go up and then watched <laughs> it just stressful. That's a good. I just had a thought. <laughs> if like you, if any of you, you guys won, like, say you played the lottery and you won a billion dollars, would you guys still do stand up comedy? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thousand percent. That would end up being the main thing that I would yeah, do. Yeah, that would be my yeah. passion. I would, like don't have to do anything else. I don't have to yeah. work. So for me, I have the lottery fantasy all the time, despite the fact that I don't play the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for me, the thing has always been like you win the billion dollars, you take half, and I go, I'm still doing stand-up, but now I'm going to create like a creative company to be like, all right, are you a comic that I know has something in you or feel has something in you? Yeah. This is like college humor 2.0. Yeah. So you can come here, earn like a day-to-day paycheck. That'd be cool. You know, and then when Chris goes like, hey, man, I got to go on the road because I got these gigs. It's like, oh, of course, dude. Like, take three weeks off. Would you guys move? No. Definitely not. <laughs> Maybe. Even no. with all that money, I wouldn't be able to. No. No. Yeah. Well, you can I, move your entire roots. family, right? Yeah, but their mom's. Yeah. coming with me yeah but you make that kind of money you can get your baby mom's deported right <laughs> <laughs> yeah one one to france and one to legally Cuba. or illegally <laughs> <laughs> you can just hire a dude to be like yo just just take her out of here just. <laughs> I'm, no I, so i know i know i know the and this doesn't even have to be lottery if i if my career blows up i know the hotel in miami i'm gonna buy <laughs> to put a comedy club in yeah. there's a right. specific hotel on South Beach that I'm like, this would be perfect as a comedy club. Man. I'm yeah. just afraid I would lose my drive because I would be so comfortable. Yep. And, you know, there would be so many distractions. But if you lost your drive, what would be the downside of that? Uh, I wouldn't do comedy anymore if I didn't have drive. But you would have, like, a billion dollars. Right. Yeah, I'd still have that. So who give a shit about comedy? That's my point, yeah. Yeah, I think because comedy isn't technically making me any money right now, that it wouldn't change anything. Like, it's not something where money makes a difference whether I want to do comedy or not. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like for most of the arts in general, you know, the big thing is, like, it doesn't pay. Yeah. If you're, like, a musician or a painter or a comedian or whatever, you spend, like... 30 years not making jack shit and if you're super lucky one day you will make a shit ton of money but otherwise you're like hell yeah i got paid five thousand dollars for one gig this year and i spent the last three years getting paid five dollars a month 
to host like an open mic. <laughs> right, you gotta really. That's why you gotta really love comedy to do it because yeah. it, there's not a lot of the only payout really in the beginning is that you get to go to shows and you get to <laughs> right. hang out afterwards, yeah. you know, and enjoy. But there's a. It depends though, because comedy, if you're aggressive about it, you can start to make money at feature level. Yeah. Now, not not like you know, quit your job money, <laughs> but you can make money to where it's noticeably different when you go to pay your bills. Like, oh, I have an extra five six hundred dollars mm-hmm. in my bank account this month to pay bills with. You know, yeah. just from running around doing shows. Mm-hmm. Or if you run shows, you can yeah, have an extra sure. uh, three thousand dollars in your pocket a month. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's it makes a big difference. Yeah. So I mean. I think that I think that unfortunately there's a thing where creative people and a business mindset usually don't happen to be in the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens is we have a lot of really funny comics running around that aren't even really thinking seriously about figuring out how to monetize their talent and their skill. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of ways that people are making really good money doing this. Um, I'm going to bring in um, Jake Clark. I think I said this before to do uh, an episode talking about how he's doing resorts. He's getting um, essentially a residency Mm -hmm. at a resort because you think about it. If you do, if you, if I headline a resort, like the ballroom at a resort once a week, it's a resort every week. It's a whole new crop of people because mm-hmm. people are coming in and out all the time. It's basically like doing a cruise ship. You can stay right there on the same cruise ship and keep doing shows because it's different people. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is he's going out there and he's doing a show once a week, say on a Tuesday. And Tuesday is normally a dead night for comedy anyway, unless you go to Pineapples and, you know, you get the Arts District. It's a great show every Tuesday. But yeah. normally Tuesdays is a dead night for comedy. So on a night that you normally wouldn't be making any money anyway, you can go up to a resort and make two, three hundred bucks, you know. And then if you if you build it to where you're selling a lot of tickets, you make even more money. Mm-hmm. And that's once a week. So that three hundred bucks becomes twelve hundred dollars a month on top of what you're doing when you're working comedy clubs and stuff on the weekends. Yeah. So, I mean, like in my case, a lot of those middle of the week hosting a kava bar show like i did for jimmy like those yeah that's all five, those things that's five grand a year yeah hosting that kava show yeah you have yeah five thousand passive yeah income and all you got to do is talk show to comics up. yeah talk to yeah. comics book and a couple comics to, and show you get up. to network and yep nice. you get to so it's it's, it's not valuable yeah. yeah so i mean you do you get a couple of those plus your work in comedy clubs now you're making 20 grand a year doing comedy, mm-hmm. which it's not easy. I know I'm making yeah. it sound like it's easy. It's not. It's a lot of work. But, I mean, it can be done. Well, so on a larger scale. And then but and then you'd also have a day job. So, yeah. that, so that you plus well, the so 20 grand yeah. plus a day job. Now you're making decent money. So that's kind of the thing, though, is like if you're just looking at comedy as your primary source of income, there is a huge thing there of like you either got to be – already rich or have something else financially backing you where you go okay i don't care about the fact that i gotta drive to atlanta or north carolina to make 
a hundred and twenty-five bucks over yeah. the course of a weekend. Ugh, fuck but see, yeah, but see, so like that though, and I think I think this is where comics get messed up. Is like you shouldn't be going anywhere and making a hundred and fifty dollars in a weekend if you're a full-time comic, because before you become a full-time comic, you should have merch. And you yeah. should have more contact. Because one of the things I've noticed, and we've had some comics around here do it, where they quit their job way before they're ready. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you don't get booked enough <laughs> to where you're busy. Yeah. You know, like I'm already to a point where it's kind of stressful to have a day job and do the amount of shows I'm doing. And I'm not ready to quit my job. I'm not even close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see all these comics. And I think what happens is. And to be fair to them, when you're young and you have no responsibilities and you can live with, like, four roommates, then you can make it work. It's pretty easy to keep those expenses low. Yeah. 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 But what's the point if you're just barely making enough money just to barely survive? I would rather have a job. And then if you have a job, you can afford to get on a plane and go to New York. You can afford to get on a plane and go to L.A. You can afford to go on a plane and go to Austin. Mm-hmm. You can afford to travel the country until you have enough context out there until you're really actually ready to quit your job. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, real talk, you either have to be super comfortable being poor yeah. Yeah. to perform <laughs> comedy, or you have to have, again, another financial backing to be like, oh, I don't give a shit about the fact that I'm getting paid nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like in Austin, I'm gonna have to work during the day, and then do comp. My, I'm not gonna have a life. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, but the th- but the thing is, is if when you got there you chose not to get a job, what the hell would you do all during the day anyway? You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, I'd be homeless. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, no. it, 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 yeah, it doesn't make sense to quit too early, but it it really can be done. One thing that I've learned from traveling around and working at these comedy clubs with headliners, and you start to talk to them. If you're disciplined about it and you treat it like a job, you really can make a living doing it. Yeah, yeah with merch. Yeah. Merch is huge. It, merch is <laughs> So many headliners, like Rafiq said, you pull up and it's a $150 gig and then they sell $250 yeah. in yeah. merch. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you bet on yourself and you're really, really funny and you even if you get, like, a 20-minute spot, I guess all Patrick says do, like, a 15- or 20-minute spot at um, uh, the – that show fuck it's one of helmets shows i can't think of the name of it mills 50 okay so you know that's like not barely any money that you get but he sold a fuck ton of shirts after the show is oh that's not the swamp one right that's not the one that's out no we did that's the one we did with adam okay the pure is that uh poor choice poor choice poor choice poor choice yeah yeah Yeah, so the first time i went there it was packed yeah and he had a killer set and then he sold so many t-shirts just fucking everyone coming up and then like the t-shirt is cool so people want the t-shirt and then also i forgot who i was talking to it's like but like having merch is like okay someone likes you and they want to support you but it's weird just to give like twenty dollars to someone. Yeah. yeah. So if you have even anything, then they'll be like, "Oh, I can support him and also get a souvenir." Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be that good. If the merch is really good, then that's a bonus. Then they really yeah. want it. But yeah. like with Captain Right, he just has these little funny stickers, and he does donations. So it's like you give give me whatever you want for this uh, bumper sticker. 
Nice. And if people like them, then they want to give them money for it anyway. Wristbands are another good one, too, because when you break it down cost per wristband, they usually come out to somewhere between, like, 30 and probably, like, 75 cents per wristband. And people will charge, like, starting off, like, five bucks, 15 bucks. And it's like, if you bought 500 of these, you've already made, like, the whole bank within the first weekend. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's... Merch, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it, it it makes a big difference. So I mean, that's the main thing. And then the other thing is, and and this is where I'm sort of becoming saturated, is getting enough work to be constantly busy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right now suffering because I had so much stuff going on in the beginning of August. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna book shows. I'm gonna give myself like three weeks where I'm just not. I don't want to have any shows during this three-week window. Damn. Yeah. So now that I'm coming out of that window, I'm now reaching out to everybody under the sun to get back to as busy, you know, mm-hmm. as I can. Because now it's like, all right, I need to get back into the swing of every weekend yeah. being out at shows. They, the, when I was first coming up, uh, the advice that was given to me at that stage is like, you should look to book somewhere between. 48 and 50 weeks a year so that way you can have you know like a week off here how many there. weeks are there in a year 52 so how are you gonna book 58 50 no, no he said 50 50 50 yeah. I see oh, it. to 50 gotcha. yeah, yeah. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna book more yeah. weeks than there are in the year yeah. Yeah. go eight into the future and pull some of those out yeah, yeah. Uh, and beyond. David Goggins of comedy <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, it was. Uh, you should book somewhere between forty-eight and fifty, so that way, you know, if you want to take a weekend off or like something important comes up, yeah. you know, you can be like, "Hey, I did the first three weeks in September. The last week, you know, is just for me because it's my birthday or whatever the fuck." Yeah. Man, and then uh, building materials big, so like, um during the week I'm trying to build shit up but I'm basically like this is how I feel if you're not getting paid a lot like you know use at least the middle oh yeah set as an open (laughs) mic to try stuff yeah Yeah. fuck it I'm less afraid to fail than I used to be or I'm more okay with silence Um, unless it's because you forgot (laughs) (laughs) silence then it's uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) But another thing that that I want kind of comics to get on, because, again, I just don't understand why people are so secretive about it. The 55 plus communities uh, mm. there, which I know that's not your <laughs> <laughs> cup of tea. Mm-hmm. No. But again, just in terms of making money like those type of places, they have an entertainment budget. Yeah. So they'll have, say, a clubhouse that they need to have some type of entertainment happening there because that's kind of the the social contract that they have with right. the community it that justifies them stuff. having the clubhouse. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of them have a have a like a monthly budget set aside for shows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of comics who can work just reasonably clean. You don't have to you don't have to be, you know, Nickelodeon TV clean, clean yeah. but you just yeah. have to not be up there 
saying fuck a bunch of times kind yeah. of what thing. What the fuck does PG-13 really mean, by the <laughs> way? Only I don't fuck. really know. It's it's actually getting looser and looser and looser yeah. every yeah. year. Well, the shit they say on TV now, I'm like, they could not. Yeah. I'm not that old, and they couldn't say any of this <laughs> so, shit when I was so, a kid. So that's kind of the whole ruse of the whole thing is because, like, even with, like, rated R and stuff like that, they're like, well, you can say the F word one time. Right. No, that's PG-13. Yeah. For Rated what, R, PG thirteen, you can say, you can say the f word one once. time. Okay, that's PG yeah, 13. R, you can say it like Superbad had that uh, fuck in it like two hundred times. Yeah, right. something like that. trust something me, Matt like that. knows this. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they give him a hard time getting <laughs> yeah, they're like, Rated yeah. R movies at this age. <laughs> they're like, Where's your father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God damn it, not again! <laughs> I'm writing this down. <laughs> it's like Matthew Glenn McLovin. Uh, this yeah. seems like bullshit. McLovins. But, like, yeah, so to your point, though, like, there's a whole thing where studios go, oh, because you said the F word once and because you simulated nipples, this is now gone from PG-13 to R. Mm. And it's just some dude in an office yeah. being like, mm, I don't like the sign of, uh, like the sign of nipples. nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it was some, like, weird random decision that a guy made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, like, in comedy shows, it's, like, I don't know what PG-13 means. Like, we won't say the club, but when I got yeah. lit at eight minutes into a 20-minute yeah. set <laughs> um, <laughs> for saying fuck once. And technically, that's PG-13. Yeah. 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 And I, didn't even, I didn't say fuck is, like, I'm fucking this bitch. Yeah. I said off, you know, like, off fuck. Did you slip up and say fuck and then realize you said fuck and go, ah, oh, fuck. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that's what it was. Like, <laughs> you, your brain was saying frick and you said fuck out loud. And you're like, oh, I fuck. just don't get it when it's like, when it's, first of all, PG-13 means like guidance for children under 13. Yeah. yeah. So Suggested they're adults themes. at a comedy show. Yeah, it's but dumb. It's, people are weird and yeah. they get. They Certainly get sensitive are. about like, stuff. I don't like to hear those things. Yeah, no, so you kind of want to keep it. But what's what's weird is though, if you can, again, it goes back to the making them like you thing. Mm. Is like for example, when I work uh, Gregory's, there's a whole. You get an itinerary. Yeah. And the itinerary says, you know, don't talk about race at this club. Don't, you know, say the f bomb too many times. Oh. Don't, you know, th- there's a there's an actual list of don'ts on hmm. the itinerary and when i first started working at gregory's i was really sensitive about like all right i gotta make sure i don't check any of these boxes that are on this itinerary yeah at this point i go up there and i talk about race for 20 out of the 30 minutes yeah so just because you get them to like you and then it's i've realized with gregory as long as you're funny they don't give a shit yeah, that's very true. That's Which very is true. good. But if you're bombing, yeah. you better yeah. not curse. You better not. They're going to use those reasons to make <laughs> yep. sure you don't come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, yeah, they don't they mess around with down for, th- what was it, this weekend? Yeah, I don't Did know what happened. But, yeah. I know. Uh, sh- I don't know if I should say. Then don't, yeah. Oh, should I? Yeah, well, it's not bad. Oh, okay. It's just all the employees walked out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like a staffing issue. Staffing okay. issue. Yeah, yeah, it's that's not very terrible. difficult now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's hard. very hard to find people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm. but also, by the way, I cook. I cooked Matt's fish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. It man. was very good. 
<laughs> you didn't fillet it, or you cooked that thing whole. No, I cooked it, ate yeah, it off the bone, man. I'm Caribbean. Really? We just yeah, we just, that's that Caribbean <laughs> yeah, shit right there. <laughs> head on, like the entire Ooh. just. Did you scale it or anything? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. I, well, I'm not. I'm not an animal. Oh, bro, bro, no, shit. <laughs> Did you eat the scales? Like, well, no. <laughs> He thinks Jamaicans eat fish like, scales. <laughs> no, so yeah, I just Two I hands, you know I mean? gutted it, <laughs> scaled it, and then um, Did you cut these slits in it? it in quarters. Yeah, so yeah. if you before you fry it, if you cut it vertically it. and then horizontally, it once it fries. Uh, at, well, but also when you put the seasoning on it, you just rub it into the actual yummy. fish or whatever. So then once you yeah. fry it. It comes out in basically chunks of meat, like cubes of meat. Right. When you pops right right off. In Liberian food, like when we do, like we do that with like whole fish, but we take the, they're called like Maggie cubes, which is like the brand name version, and Mm -hmm. we will just like rub that specific. (laughs) It's like a bouillon cube, and like rub that right into into the fish. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. So was that? Was it a fun trip? Yeah, it was fun. Yes. Yeah. It was the three of you, right? It, yeah. No, it was, no, it was more. Uh, six of um, us? Eric, Eric and Jay showed up. It was five of us. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And then they, Jay had to leave early, and then Eric had to leave early. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Eric, Eric was just, uh, he, he would rather be on a boat. <laughs> fishing. Yeah, he was, That's what it he was. was very bored with the dock fishing. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was like, I'm usually looking at these peasants yeah. from the water. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to fish off a boat. Yeah. Well, he, he did say that he wants to invite us on the boat the next time we get the chance. So no, that would be, be really awesome. cool. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we can do that sometime in October or something yeah. if he's free. That'd be dope. Yeah, that makes me. It makes me want to actually. I'm gonna start fishing more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. cause on days like the re- it was perfect because that day my wife I had to show that night, yeah. but my wife was working, so I had nothing to do all day Saturday. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And from now on, I think most of those Saturdays that are like that, I'm just gonna go fish. Hell yeah, because I like man. eating the fish. Yeah. yeah. So it's a cool reward when you actually catch something that you can keep and then go home and cook it. And it wasn't unbearably hot. No. We had Gatorade and pub subs to snack on. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was good, man. We had, we had to throw a lot of them back just because they were undersized. Just, oh, yeah. Dozens of fish got thrown back because they were undersized. Is, is that like a rule? Or? Yeah. So yeah. I think the mangrove snapper have to be 10 inches in order to keep. Right. What was the yeah. sailfin cat? I don't remember there what the size it was, but... No, nah, I had that. I haven't cooked. I filleted it, and I have the fillets in the fridge. That was really cool, man. I haven't seen yeah. or caught a, a sailfin cat. It was always the other one. Yeah. You ever catch a, a puffer fish? Yeah, oh, we, we caught like six of them, yeah. dude. You yeah. didn't touch yeah. it, right? No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can grab it. Well, I, I don't. You grab just can't one. eat it. Yeah, I don't grab them just because they have, they have these two. Well, their teeth are like two blades. Right. Yeah. But if they're puffed up, you can't. You're not supposed to touch them. Yeah, that was. Really? Uh, well, I had Ooh. to get the hook out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful. Yeah, they they are uh, they're poisonous to eat. Yeah, but there's a way to fillet them to avoid the poison, and you can eat them. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth the test time it takes and risking there's so many the, other yeah. fish. <laughs> which, speaking of which, you know, it got me inspired. Um, have you guys ever seen that documentary, Shiro Dreams of Sushi? Yeah, or Jiro Dreams of Sushi? You've seen it? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. this documentary. Well. It, it's it's a it's a great example of what I feel is like a big problem in the American service industry because like this is a dude who obviously like gives a shit from top to bottom yeah. about what he's doing so like 
in the documentary, like, they're like, oh, so, like, how do you prepare a course? And he's like, oh, I have watched the people eating and decide what to serve yes. when and, like, wow. make sure I'm matching their pace of conversation. That so that way, wild. like, they're able to take bites, like, when there's, like, a slow pause. Oh, and, the, and it's like... I can't imagine like a single American restaurant being like, "Well, we oh, brought no. your steak <laughs> a cube at a time just yeah. to make sure you could have your full thought out." That's like, next level. So it is. So it's this documentary, and I, I, I think comics should watch it also because I think it's, I think I guess everybody should watch it because it's about an approach to life, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And it's so he's it's the number one sushi restaurant in the world. Like it's actually no longer a restaurant. It's in Japan. Oh, really? Uh, well, so the the Michelin star, uh, he's so popular that like people keep, just kept on booking him, booking him, booking him. And in order to maintain your Michelin star, you have to be able to accept like people walking in. Yeah. So it was like, well, you don't accept anybody because you're basically full up the entire right. year round. So then you're you not, don't have to worry about that. Anyway. Yeah, it's like you're just kind of you're a private cash. chef you yeah. Know, yeah. at this point. Is this in Japan? Yeah, yeah it's in Tokyo, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. And it, That's wild. But it follows this guy who, I mean, so the, the restaurant, the way it works is you order sushi and they don't, they don't like give you a roll of sushi. He makes each individual piece and then puts it in front of you and you're supposed to eat it the second he gives it to you because it's it's made to be ideal when he gives it to you yeah it's so knit. literally he'll have like a warm piece of fish here mm-hmm. and he's like that needs to cool off for another 30 seconds hold on and then the second it's at the exact temperature that it's supposed to be for it to be like it's best mm-hmm. he hands it to you and then you put it in your mouth right. oh and God. it's like yeah it's insane just one step away from just putting it in your mouth for you yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> and, and like and again remember he's matching that 30 seconds yeah. on top of like the amount of they're time. in the middle of a conversation and yeah. he's gonna take a pause now oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so if, if if the people sitting there eating are having like a deep conversation he's they won't like, put any food on, out they'll wait for them <laughs> yeah they'll wait for them to um, I think there was one point in the documentary where they had like the 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 hot sushi rice, uh. and I think they brought it out, but the people were having like a, again they're in, in the middle of a conversation, and mm-hmm. then he was like, put it back. <laughs> they went back with the rice, and then once everything kind of calmed down, the people were like, all right, so where's the food? The food is there. So they, do do the customers know that they're waiting? Like that the that I don't know. Waiting for the f- they must for them though because the way this place talk? works, I think it seats. I think the restaurant seats twelve people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's on referral. Yeah. Holy shit. And it's all, they're all in one row, though. It's all 12 Dude. of them are in a row facing the guy behind the counter making the sushi. Dude, this reminds me of the, me- did anyone see the menu on HBO? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me so much of that. Uh, if uh, you guys have it, do you have HBO? One, right? Yeah, I have. No, it's not. It's Max. I Diet. thought it, so I thought the direction was going to be that they're eating I think that was their Humans. plan to yeah. make people but, think that. But, yeah, it's just batshit crazy. Oh, fucking no. awesome. Um, <laughs> like, insane. It, it, it was fun. It, it's, it's kind of fascinating how they took, like, all these little aspects of, like, the restaurant industry. Rest- and they're yeah. like, this is the horror version yeah. of that, you know, like. That's really cool. Right. Like, uh, if your server drops a fork at the wrong time, like, this dude's going right. to die, you know? Yeah, like, yeah literally. So it's like and Squid then, Game's been in a restaurant? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. And, like, the customers are, like, the snobbiest, like, food 
like food, yeah. sna- food snobs and they're like there there's uh, a food critic that's critiquing it there's one dude that's like obsessed with like culinary shit and uh then there's like a celebrity there and they're all like it's like a resort just to eat and then you're looking into the kitchen and all the chefs are fucking terrified because the head <laughs> chef is like Crazy. Just this crazy Psychopath, dude. Yeah. And they're all fucking, yeah. It's it's like tense. It's not a, gr- it's it's a pr- it's a good movie. It'll, yeah, it's closer to like a thriller than a straight up horror movie. Yeah, but there's but some yeah. funny parts too. Yeah. I would say it was like a one of those comedy thriller hybrids, but yeah. it's fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I like so that just like Kyle Christopher yeah. level comedy like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the not that comedy. crazy <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a whole thing that I really respect about like a service culture mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something even in comedy like comics have a service culture to us that we don't really talk about enough because there's a lot of comics will go up on stage, and the thing that bums them out is not just that the joke isn't funny if they bomb. It's the fact that they feel like they're letting people down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And You're letting your family down. You're letting the audience down. Right. You're letting, you're letting down. Shannon Sharp down. Yeah. 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 Future kids Shannon are embarrassed Sharp. of you. Well, yeah. like, comics will get up on stage and fucking crush and then get off stage and be like, Man, they could tell that, like, when I did this one, like, bit about going to the DMV that I haven't been to the DMV oh, in over a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything like, else does well, and that yeah. one joke is all well, you're focused on. They think you're full of shit. Yeah. Right. It sucks because, uh. like, someone messaged me after a show and was asking about this stupid text message thing. Yeah. And it's like, was that real? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and um, and then uh, she was like, "Yeah, my um, my fr- my two friends were like, yeah, that was definitely bullshit, and that <laughs> fucking bugged me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually rewrote it for it to sound more realistic. Yeah. So the feedback is, was good. But is that the one where you're messaging the girl who yeah. stood you up? Yeah, hey, that's that. Yeah, bit? that it's one. It's based on true events, but okay. I I wrote. I okay, so as long yeah, as it's based on true That's the whole events. point of yeah. comedy is the embellishment. Yeah. And people so are like, like there was a lie. It's like, no. Nah, fucking right. idiot. It's like going <laughs> to a magic show stuff? and being like, you didn't pull the rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> 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 fucking idiot. That's exactly what it is, yeah, man. It's so dumb. Right. Can I? <laughs> Fuck everyone. So people are like, people sometimes are like, you're not short enough to do short jokes. I'm like, fucking people tell me I'm short all the time. <laughs> right. yeah, I have man. to embellish and do the jokes. No, yeah. you're sh- definitely short. I'm short as fuck, dude. <laughs> but that, that's kind of a weird, that's kind of what I'm talking about though. It, like, it's a weird thing when like someone tells you that because you're yeah. like, now I let them down. Yeah. Tell that to all the girls <laughs> that ignore me whenever <laughs> I go out to places. <laughs> Immediately yeah. write you off. Hi, why don't you go find your mom? Right, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's anyone that, cr- <laughs> anyone that dissects a joke uh, can, Burn and burn, burn in hell. Yeah, <laughs> really <Can> quickly. <laughs> this is you just brought up magic, and I have to show this to you. Oh no! Watch this. They can't Watch see. Oh uh, yeah. We'll narrate it. All right. There's a guy putting a bird in a cage. He spun it around, pulled a piece of paper out, turned it back around. Bird's still in the cage. Turned it around 180 degrees. Lights the paper on fire. Drops the fire in the top of the box. 
Pulls out Popeyes. <laughs> Four piece. <laughs> Yo. Are people in the that's comment section like that? Awesome. That's, they're they're like, no that's way not that's real. <laughs> Where'd the bird go? Yeah, they would have to bread the chicken. <laughs> He's like the greatest hood magician ever. It's this black guy in a gold chain on stage who turns a pigeon into fried chicken. People after the show coming up to him like, yo, I caught this pigeon outside. Can, can, can you? Yeah. I only got $3, please. <laughs> that that's kind of the weird sign of quality though is like when people can't tell the difference between the illusion and reality yeah. anymore or they don't care like a yeah. good yeah. magician will like and the same thing with a good comedian if it's funny they don't give a flying fuck yeah. that's yeah. like why someone give me the advice to never say this is this is true or this is a true real story it's like because you want to leave it to let them, them right. assume it yeah. shouldn't matter if the joke's good people won't give a fuck if it's not like what you're saying is you're you're speaking and you want the crowd to buy into the illusion mm-hmm. of whatever you're saying is true um so you shouldn't worry about them believing if it's true or not they can decide if it is or not yeah but com- for some reason comedy has the same weird thing that rap does where like people enjoy it more if they know it's real like for some reason rappers that have actually shot somebody somehow the music hits a little (laughs) it just hits a little different i disagree and i i do comedy so when i watch comedy i know like that you didn't you know you didn't go to the grocery store and have someone fall down that never happened i know that they just thought of that idea 90 percent 90 i would guess like 90 percent of the time a premise that someone's bringing up like with professional comics never actually happened yeah or at least like maybe it like you know they were inspired by something like well like he was at the grocery store and he saw somebody reaching for something he'd be like it would be really funny if she fell this way and then this happened and then that's what he writes down but for example again i go back to my two favorite storytelling comics that's a whole different story though ali (laughs) sadiq ali sadiq and joey diaz the reason why their stories have just this raw like ali sadiq i would listen to him tell stories even if they weren't funny just because right. it's so real so and honest yeah. that there's a certain element to that that you can't fake. It's like, oh, no. this guy's yeah. been through well, this Well, he's shit. like one in a million as far yeah. as like being able to tell a story. And and also, it being genuine is part of uh, the appeal. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit, this is insane. Well, to Matt's point earlier, like the a big portion of it is just how you manage the embellishment. of an idea you know if you're you know a lot of comedy is we go out wow i'm saying this and i realize how much this is just jerking our own cocks (laughs) like we go out into the world and experience a thing and then come back and tell people like here's how this relates to your life you know and this is the embellishment that makes it funny right it's like mm-hmm. a punchline. Eventually, you have to go into some kind of absurdity to get to a punchline. Yeah. But also, I could be wrong uh, about as far as like premises being just made up. I really don't do a lot, but you know, I that's I was having a talk with a comedian recently. It's like you need to Austin's going to be good because you'll experience stuff and you'll be out there and experience like i need to have real life experiences for sure so like i'll have s- i 
you have such an advantage when you're out there and you're like feeling shit and going to doing other stuff. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I would say almost all of my jokes come from either a real experience or a real just thought looking at something. Right. That, that's another reason yeah. it would benefit yeah. you to to have a day job instead of right. Yeah. Yes, instead of just to uh, being yeah. homeless, being homeless. <laughs> well, <it's> like, <laughs> well, you're experiencing. I'm gonna have r- rent, yeah. and because yeah. <laughs> like right now, I just car insurance, car payment, cell phone bill. Yeah, Man. now I'm gonna have car insurance, car payment, cell phone bill, rent, rent, rent. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe yeah, it's time to. So, it's no, time to trade in that car for a van, right. and yeah. then <laughs> just have or a bus pass, van payment, yeah. van life. <laughs> but yeah. I was, oh, I was just gonna say real quick, um, yeah, just a job by itself gives you shit, a lot yeah. of experience, yeah, or just like constantly working with people, yeah, it gets your gets your brain going, yeah, just as far as coworkers saying shit to you, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then spoiled people coming in and expecting certain things, yeah, That's always fun. dude. Yeah, the <laughs> service industry. Yeah, because I wrote a joke. Because I remember, um, I was waiting on a table, and uh, this guy was like, uh, do, "Do you know when my food's gonna come out? I'm hungry." <laughs> and <laughs> just like it being funny it's that like, like so since wise. he's since he's hungry, he should get his food uh, sooner. I was yeah. gonna keep it back there, right. but now that you brought <laughs> that up, like me going into the kitchen. <laughs> excuse me, table fourteen is hungry. <laughs> Can you drop everything? But he would. But table, table 14 is hungry. Table 12 is just bored. Yeah, so they're not all hungry. Yeah, they're all yeah it gives the impression that the other tables aren't <laughs> hungry. <Yeah. laughs> I just saw a grown, table a grown man telling another man that he, he's complaining that he's hungry. <laughs> table 13 is just horny as fuck. Yeah. Like. yeah if you could come in this chicken cordon bleu. <laughs> There's a there's an improv show that I watch every now and again on YouTube where uh, called a uh, game changer. Yeah, I've just started seeing videos of that yeah. popping up. So they they had a great one where it's like you have to call up a pizza place and use the phrase "I'm hungry" <laughs> as much as possible during <laughs> the conversation. Yeah, it's it's very uh, whose line is it anyway? I love it, but it's it's more specific. It's more directed. Right. Yeah. So each video has like a mission. Essentially, or so like they're standing cha- at a, a challenge. Yeah, they're standing at a podium, each one, right? Yeah. So, like the the idea is they're standing at it's kind of like a seventies game show set, I would call it. Yeah. Right. And they're standing at a podium, and every time they come out on stage, the rules of the game are slightly different. Oh, so that's cool. they'll do something like it'll be like a segment of like make a producer mad, uh. and then they'll just be like. Brennan and somebody will come by and just be like, I'm going to cough on everybody mm-hmm. and everything during the <laughs> middle of like the pandemic. Or <laughs> there was the one that I saw was there's a uh, different ways that you can say, my name is Inigo Montoya, prepare to die. <laughs> or you kill my father, prepare to die. And it was like, say it uh, while you're talking to somebody on the phone. And so he's like, <laughs> he's holding the phone like this, and he's like, my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> you kill my father. What was it? Yeah. Pre- prepare. or whisper it or like there's a super close-up or you know say in a weird act or use the inflection in the wrong places Places. right stuff like that they just recently had an episode of wayne brady on which you know yeah like it's always surprising because it's kind of that thing with like funny or die where you go like 
oh, it's the Funnier Die crew, and then it's like someone super someone famous, yeah. mm-hmm. like Will Ferrell is just like odd, like whatever sketch. You're like, oh, they know people, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They know people, people. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Brady, I was watching Whose Line Is It Anyway recently, and Wayne Brady is insane, like maybe the best improv dude yeah. of yeah. all time. Uh, he's not the funniest to me, but just his, I mean, he does make me laugh. Yeah. on that show i think colin mockery yeah is just a killer <laughs> yeah. oh my god but well, yeah. he makes that show he was on that show way back before it yeah. even came to america the, the british like, one so yeah. was um i think the other guy was too ryan styles ryan styles yeah i think so it but, maybe i definitely know colin was yeah, there from season one mm-hmm. And it's oh like God, that so show's cool. been that show's been through like three revamps and yeah. like forty five seasons. Yeah, so like, yeah. I think it's always crazy three or four to, see, hosts. to yeah. see how fast they are. Yeah, so fast that you're like, this has to be scripted. Well, I think <laughs> you know the way I mean? they edit it, I don't think it's scripted. I think it's completely improv. Yeah, I do but, too. Um, because there's bloopers on YouTube that you can watch. So the way they edit it is they they I cut mean, out the lulls, and like the... scenes from a hat. I every i feel like i mean because like you watch scenes from a hat and they'll put like one topic you know drew carey will say a topic mm-hmm. and then there'll be just four killer uh you know bits, bits yeah. out of it. from it and like i'm i'm positive that like there's a bunch of duds in between and they probably do each topic like 10 times yeah and then just pick like two or three because there'll be sometimes when th- he'll read uh, a topic and there'll just be one bit there's no way they just did one bit. Yeah, um, and I'm sure because you know that that show. Because how long are those episodes? Twenty, they, 20 minutes. Twenty minutes. minutes. Yeah. They're twenty minutes. Twenty two minutes. Yeah. So like there's that. no way that live audience. Oh no. Sat for a twenty minute show. They probably sat for like you said, like an right. hour or fifteen hour, yeah. minute show. Yeah. Maybe. Even and they more. cut it to twenty two minutes. Because they yeah. probably did a couple at a time. Yeah. 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 So there's pro- it's probably like an hour and a half, two hours of them like banging out yeah two shows at a time mm-hmm. yeah but yeah no and there's so yeah there's a lot of editing no one's yeah. that good all I mean, the time like, every I mean, moment so a, discouraging tightest, <laughs> tightest 22 minutes ever uh, yeah that well i mean that's kind of the beauty and the reality of hollywood as a whole though is like every everything you see is either like fake on some level or scripted on some level so you have these like weird beautiful moments of is the thing i'm watching actually like real or was this like the one real moment out of like a 45 minute window (laughs) yeah probably the latter i mean we've gotten to a point where reality tv is scripted now so it's kind of like yeah stupid at this point i heard like an editor of reality tv uh, say that like they're in charge of making the plot like there's sometimes there's not a plot mm-hmm. and they just have a bunch of footage and then they have to put i mean like the producer would be like okay this episode has to be like about this girl having trouble with this guy mm-hmm. and they're in charge of making it like tense like <laughs> creating yeah, stuff yeah. together and then they're they're allowed to use reactions from shit that has nothing to do with what's going on in a scene. Um, and they're also, you know how they do the interviews? Yeah. Like they interview someone about the thing what's that's going happening. On. Oh yeah. They can use like, it could be like a guy going like, this is bullshit. I want to go home. 
and it's about something completely Ple- different. Yeah. Yeah, they can, like, they you can, need to say this. Yeah. yeah, they can, they can, they'll put it in the middle of something else uh, just to make it. You know, it's wild. How so, like, he'll, so he'll be, he'll be mad about like his room being being dirty, and he'll be like, right. "This is bullshit. I want to go home." Right. Yeah. And then they'll be like. You know, you can't smack puppies, and he's like, "This is bullshit. I want to go yeah. home." Yeah. I always thought about it with the interviews because, like, this this is a whole shot. This all this happened at once, but the interviews are happening in between different parts, of and this they're wearing long different scene. clothes. They're, they're like, like laughing or they're yeah. crying, like he was such an asshole. And then the very next one, they're like, "I fucking hate that guy," or whatever. Well, yeah, because like the illusion, if you don't think about it, is that like they're. They're like, this is happening, and then they jump into the interview booth <laughs> real quick and talk about it, and then go back in. Uh, another thing, I'm pretty sure, because I was w- watching Jersey Shore. Yeah. Oh, God. And the way they talk is like, I want to I wanna go home. I'm not having fun. But they have to be trained to say, I want to go home. I'm not having fun. Like, if they're on, like, a day excursion somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what they would actually say is, yeah, I wanted to go home. I wasn't having any, wasn't yeah, yeah, having yeah, yeah. any fun. It's like, how did you feel in this moment? Right. And then they're talking in they the past ha- tense. Exactly. So they have to talk about everything that happened, even if it was, like, a while ago, as it, like, is happening it, right yeah. now. <laughs> do, you get, do you guys know John Jacobs at all? Jingle Hammerschmidt. Nah, yeah. He, <laughs> he's got that fucking bit, too, you hack. <laughs> no, that just makes him a hack. You know I thought that is. <laughs> we thought it was so original, yeah. even though we came up with Actually, you came up. You got it first. No, no, we, it was, I, was, it was pretty I jumped close. on you. But uh, he was on Are You the One, ah. right? And, like, we, so it was, like, me and a bunch of other comics were there at the launch party, uh, like, watching it, like, air for the first time. And we had to have this beautifully awkward moment of his then-current girlfriend watch him bang a girl on episode one <laughs> of that show. <laughs> and, like... You know, we're talking to him, and he's just like, oh, well, you know, like, so much of that stuff is, like, kind of bullshit and scripted. And it's like, was it? Or <laughs> or did we just watch you cheat on your girlfriend? Like, that's my, my favorite that one. <laughs> but my favorite part is, like, the old, um, all those love and hip-hop shows. Yeah. Where, like, the women are always, they're always, argu- they're always having an argument in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and then they throw either pretzels or peanuts or a drink in someone's face. And I watched an interview where they were like, yeah, the women would be having an argument and a producer will just slowly (laughs) slide a bowl of peanuts across the table and then go, oh, shit, she threw the peanuts at her. Yeah, no, it's completely scripted. So there's this uh, thing with Jersey Shore where it's uh, J-Well and um, shit. Sammy, we're learning about Jimmy. Like, yeah, as he's yeah I didn't. I, yeah, I would names. not picture you as a Jersey Shore <laughs> uh, person at I'm, all. Uh, I'm to where he remembers the names in 2023. No, 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 I'm watching it now. I'm, <laughs> I'm like 15 years late on. Jersey. Oh, this is your oh, okay. first time watching like, Jersey Shore. Yeah. I just pictured Jimmy like 10 years ago with like slick back greaser yeah. hair. Yeah, just watching. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy he's definitely just Jimmy B. <laughs> He definitely yeah. needs a day job when he gets to Austin if he's at home watching yeah, Jersey yeah. Shore right now. <laughs> <laughs> My name would be Jewy J. Jewy J. <laughs> uh, so there's this their fight between the two girls, and in one scene, like they're um, like you know pulling each other, each other's hair, and um, the girl doesn't have socks on, and then the, like a second later they go <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> And while sh- they're fighting, she has socks on. Yeah. So they completely fucked that up. <laughs> it's that so meme of Leo DiCaprio. 
yeah, like yeah, pointed yeah. out yeah, he's yeah. got a whiskey in his hand. Yeah. So the, even shit. the fights are made up. But you have to suspend disbelief. Like, I'm watching this knowing that it's all right. Fake. Yeah. Well, so this is the reason why editing is so important, you know, in comedy and entertainment as a whole. Because, like, you know, like Jimmy was saying, if you're, cr- if you've got like 40 hours of assholes yelling at each other, you got to be like, well, what's the fucking story here? <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't like her. And let's grab that clip of like that other girl passing him in the hallway. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason why they don't like each yeah. other. I mean, I can see it because I'm like kind of looking at, looking for it sometimes. But there really is like, because, like, there'll be an episode, and they'll just decide what it's going to be about. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, this wasn't even talked about for, like, <laughs> four episodes. And all of a sudden, the whole episode is about this. So they want to make it linear, I think. So they, they go out of their way to make something linear to fit into, like, an episode. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Like, you remember, <laughs> <laughs> you remember the show Tanked? It was uh, like uh it's like an animal plan about fish tanks. They build like fish tanks for celebrities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, oh dude, those yeah. ones are so cool. Well, so at the time when that show's coming out, I had the pets I had the fish store and I was in sort of the fish industry. Mm-hmm. So I we would all talk, right? Of course. And you can <laughs> watch that show as someone who like no has in depth knowledge of fish tanks uh-huh. and go Oh, all those are gonna die. <laughs> like, <those are> gonna <laughs> oh, no. like this thing that they're doing right now. That is a pool. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that, that yeah. is. And it's like this this species of fish that they put with that species of fish. Yeah. In six months, he's gonna get really big, really fast, and then eat everybody else that's in this fish tank. <laughs> well, it's like, like those old episodes of Pimp My Ride where people yeah. <laughs> coming out afterwards. They're like, "Yeah, my car was clean," and then they just threw like a garbage bag in the back <laughs> to make me seem like a piece <laughs> of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> they also added eight hundred pounds of electronics to my yeah. car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, none of this is street legal. None of those things. <laughs> and I also was reading that those cars were fucking trashed after like uh, yeah. yeah they couldn't drive them anymore yeah. they're just like let me ruin your car well speaking of the fish tank people the guy they put the fish tank in his car they were like well what happened long? he was like oh all the fish died within okay. a couple of days yeah. and i just had disgusting water in the back of my car <laughs> god look cool yeah the, some of those were crazy there's one that was like a bunk bed yeah with the fish tank going over <laughs> yeah. top of the bunk bed and then around it was so cool it's like a build out <laughs> dude i got excited watching that <laughs> but maintaining a tank like that like where do you feed and like there's got to be a second floor access and yeah. filtration and it's the chemistry it's, it's the yeah, there's no way yeah. no you need like a you need to be rich enough to have a guy that takes care right. of right yeah. yeah and, and, and most people diver. that and, yeah, <laughs> and most most people that that can afford that type of thing can afford yeah. a fish you guy. Know, a fish guy. My fish guy yeah. is coming over today. Now I, I used to know a guy that um again when we had the store, you know, you know how like bass pro shops? Yeah. Every bass pro shop has the giant yeah. fish tank in it. Uh-huh. Freshwater so tank, I knew yeah. a guy who had a master's degree in marine biology and mm-hmm. he worked for Bass Pro Shop. And his he was like a regional guy who would go around and keep his 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 job was to keep the fish alive. Uh-huh. Right. And they paid him 50 60 grand a year damn just keep the fish alive (laughs) although that's not a lot for a marine biologist yeah was he a marine yeah he was a marine biologist yeah so it was but it's because it's such a seinfeld yeah yeah, but it's it's such a large but the thing is about that kind of stuff it's such a large system (laughs) it's very hard just for something to go wrong because the the smaller a fish tank is the easier it is for something to go wrong 
those Bass Pro Shop top tanks, you could take a shit in it and be fine. It's <laughs> such a big <laughs> body of water. It yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like the part, fish yeah. are doing. It's They're all shit yeah. in the tank, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's like parts per yeah. million of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It's a cesspool. Yeah. Of shit. Well, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, if I won the billion dollars, that's what I would do. I would do comedy and fish tank stuff. Huh. That's what nice. I would do. Wow. If, if my comedy career ever really took all the way off to where I was like Tom Segura level, yeah, I would get back into the fish business. I I would do game changer except with like <laughs> up and coming comics. That's that's the thing that always bothers me about like the comedy industry as a whole is like you know like now and I understand why but like now headliners are bringing their whole crew yeah. and the way you kind of break into that is through social media. Yeah. I would just love for there to be a platform to be like all right, this, you know, it's like SNL without having to be, like, syndicated to just be like, all right, these are the funny, like, the 15 funny fucking people this year. Right. You do a hundred episodes over the course of this year, Mm -hmm. and then you take that tape and go wherever, and if you don't make it this year, you get, like, two more years, and then you're the fuck out, like. (laughs) See, Rafiq's what did he say? He said he had a peak. Oh, okay. But Rafiq's a much nicer person than I am, because I don't have that like that that urge to be like, if I ever made it really big, I would help all the new comics. We're talking about a started. billion dollars. Here's, <laughs> like, <laughs> my plan is, if I ever make it really big, is I'm gonna I'm gonna sign new comics to 360 deals, yeah. like like Puff Daddy in the 90s. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just be so like Suge like, Knight. Of yeah, comedy yeah. I want to be the Suge Knight of comedy. Oh, where like, I get 20% of your merch sales. I get 20% of your specials. If you get a TV show or a movie, I get 20% of that. Oh, no, yeah. It's actually like 10%. Yeah. But it's like, I want a percentage of everything you do for the rest of your life. <laughs> and if that's what, if, if I can, if you sign this contract, I'll get you hooked up with Netflix to do a special. And Because you think about it, they're actually... This, the thing that record labels do with musicians, like you start off as a nobody, but you have really good stuff, mm-hmm. and they sign you to a deal, and they help you get on the road and get gigs. They help you get, you know, a special, which is the I guess the equivalent of an album, yeah. done. But in exchange, they own your soul for in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's doing that with comics, and I'm like, I feel like that the comedy industry is ripe for somebody. There's agents that like I'm sure. Right, because like I know, well, yeah. agents, yes, yeah. but but you can fire your agent. Yeah, that's true. It's not a contract right. where it's they like, yeah, we own. So like, for example, the comics that do, from my understanding, the comics that do like America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. If you make it to a certain level at America's Got Talent, you have to sign a contract that says from this point forward, like if we call you, oh, fuck you got to come running to do like you oh, know during the show. Just the show time. Yes, yeah. but America's Got Talent's got America's Got Talent UK. Ugh. They've got, I don't know if they do it Australia. They do it so yeah, many places. But they do it all over the world. It would be America's yeah. Got Talent UK. It would be. Well, I mean, UK's Got Talent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just have a bunch of Americans show up in the UK and be like, hey, look how talented there we are. Yeah. Just rubbing it in nice their face. Nice teeth, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How insulting would that be as a country? Why are their teeth so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To, nobody really got into dental work, I guess. Yeah. They were like, yeah, it's a waste. <laughs> there is a America's Got Talent. I mean, Afghanistan's Got Talent. Yeah. Yeah. They do. No. Eurovision. No. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> the equivalent is Eurovision. 
which is like the EU has their own. Oh uh, yeah, like um, America's Got Talent system. I guess you would. Call, I don't know what you would call. It. It's like a talent show, yeah. but like they do it on like a national level. It's like the Olympics, but for like singing and dancing. Yeah, and, you know, there's it's a bunch of like Eastern Europeans and there's stuff. There's two comedians. There's you know, I remember Aaron Bell Isle. Yeah, Aaron Belisle. Yeah, I've he's seen on him America's do it. Got Talent right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's other he's comedian I know, Marine Langan, mm-hmm. is on America's Got Talent now too. And it's so crazy because she's been at it for fucking years. Yeah, yeah. And just now she's getting a big break. That's the thing about comedy is like, you got to just stay in the game, yeah. and then yeah. something might happen. There's yeah. so like many paths. Twenty-two <laughs> years in. It's the wild. right That's person insane. dies, and yeah, you're the right <laughs> person. <laughs> but uh, I gotta Jesus. head to my meeting. Yeah, but uh, hey, I'll right. talk to you guys later. Any it's comedy uh, updates to give us? Anything uh, you got going on? Oh, roast of me is oh, Sunday the twenty seventh at ooh. Pineapples eight p.m. and then I'm uh, featuring for Ross Paget September second at uh, eight p.m. and that's a Friday. At pineapples. At pineapples. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Then yeah, asking awesome. for that. Asking for a friend is happening this Wednesday, um, and then every Tuesday's pineapples, and then I think that's about it. Yeah, awesome. It's me and Matt and yeah. uh, Anthony on yeah. Wednesdays. Special guest Joe Jacks. Oh, <laughs> actually, don't. I'm sorry. Oh no way. So he's he was gonna come back from a wedding. <laughs> we were just talking I know. about this. <laughs> and he was gonna come back. From a wedding on time, but he's gonna stay an extra day, which means he. So well, that's I all right. like I it as a have three fun. Of us. Yeah, I do like it as last a three week, of us too. Last week, last time, I think it was the best. It's so much better with the three of us. Yeah, and it's that's just why too hard to have four. That's why when I keep it going, there's gonna be one regular. Yeah, and then a just guest. have three, and then yeah. also like we're trying to get our chops up on improv, and it's more improv-y with three. Four, it's like a panel. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So thanks. Always right. fun. Yeah. See you guys next week. We'll see you next week. Later, Tater. Oh, are you guys going to um, Area 142? Yeah, I'm going to be heading out there. Sorry. I was actually, I dropped the chairs off earlier today. They're doing an event right now, a private event. And using your chair? And no, they're not using the chairs, but uh. they are, they're packed out. And I was like, hey, where's the owner? Do they, like, how late is this going? Because aren't they still doing comedy tonight? And they're like, oh, we didn't know if they were still doing comedy. And so they double booked, and then I asked the owner, and he's like, yeah, you guys can still come in. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. So now we have an audience that's there. We can do this. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. So built in. Yeah, Yeah, so it worked out, but (laughs) the owner doesn't have Preach's contact information or Alex or anybody. So he's like, I don't know who to contact to let you all know. What's going on? So it worked out this time, but Preach was like, Monday's our day. You, you, y'all can't be yeah. just throwing <laughs> stuff on there. Oh, trust yeah. me. They will. Uh, yeah. 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 If, they're, if it's going to make them money, yeah. if they don't care. Tuesday is not my day of pineapples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is the day that I do comedy. If they yeah. have anything else, you know. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you have to be loose when you have that. Yeah. They can do it at any time. The venue needs to make money. Yeah. yeah. It's a business. Yeah. All right, I'll yeah. see you guys. All right, man. All right, man. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I, uh, I took video while I was there. It's... Uh, They've got something going on near the stage area, but um, but it's still clear, so we can set. They're probably uh, already setting up chairs now, but there's a bunch of people at the bar. There's a bunch of people outside. There's a whole event going, and the guy said it's supposed to go all night. So all uh, those people are going to be there tonight. For the comedy show, yeah, That's cool. Yeah. So 
We'll see if it's too rowdy to actually get a decent. Is that a weed line shirt? Yes, sir. Oh man, dude, Eric gave me like the, five. Of I them. was gonna say, I was like, I keep seeing. Yeah. <laughs> well, he when he gave me one, I yeah. I wore it everywhere because yeah. it's, su- it's such an it's good quality nice shirt. shirt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, weedline.com, check it out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shameless <laughs> Not plug. <for> sure. <laughs> but he saw me wearing it. He's like, dude, do you like that shirt? I was like, dude, I fucking love this shirt. He's like, I'll bring you more, dude. <laughs> so he just like threw five more at me. Don't oh, forget awesome. promo code Gladden twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of the proceeds go toward my bubbling, bustling comedy career. <laughs> B- bustling comedy career. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh man. That's funny. All right, so what else is going on this week? I guess that's kind of the main things that we have going on this week around here. But we're, we're getting to a point now because I was doing the math on Monday is 142, mm-hmm. which is proving to be pretty good. Tuesdays is pineapples, which is already awesome and established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, I know you guys do asking for a friend every other Wednesday, and then the social distance is every Wednesday. There's something it's every going Wednesday. On. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's different stuff, right? No, no. He he does the comedy thing. I believe every every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. but it's a di- it's a it's a showcase. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. But if if you show up and hang, <coughs> yeah. you, you know you yeah, might get you thrown might get for a guest minutes. spot, but. It's mm-hmm. something to do on a Wednesday. And comics still get food. Yep. Oh, cool. And then we got the Muggsy Showcase on Thursdays. Thursdays, yeah. Right and after that showcase, Chumley's is the open mic. Last Thursday, we ran the open mic at Chumley's till close, dude. Which is... <laughs> uh, just preach fucking no, talking for an hour and a half. No, I mean, what time is close at, at uh, two, Chumley's? Two, oh, two in, in the morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, all right. So Preach got drunk and just started talking. He was, and the thing, the thing, the reason that it lasted so long is because people will show up at twelve o'clock. A whole new audience just rolls in at twelve o'clock, and it's a whole new group of people to to do yeah. comedy with. And he had me and Kyle go back up again with these <laughs> new people, and then he went back up, and he just he does the the standard. What's your name? What do you do for a living? Yeah. To every single person. And, <laughs> and, like, if he does this person over here, this person all the way on the right has, like, 30 minutes to think of the answer that they're going to have by the time. Because you know he's going to do every single person in the audience. And just killing. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. To the point where the bartenders had to go, hey, we're closing. Yeah, we're closing. Yeah, like, <laughs> shut it down, dude. But that's yeah. it. That's one interesting thing that I, I think we could kind of pull off. And that's why I, I want to run a room in downtown Melbourne. I really do. Yeah. Um, you want that Melby? Do you mean like as top, a, a rooftop I, Melby? I want either the rooftop at Hotel Melby or there was one other. I don't remember what that one was. Was there a, a little theater? Oh, that's no. That's, yeah, that's the um, the Funky Dog in New Galley Arch District. Oh, Galley, Those yeah. are the two that I yeah. wanted. But, but the reason being is I think downtown Melbourne is the only area – Maybe in all of Brevard County, where there's enough... No, Cocoa Village, you could probably do it, too. Enough foot traffic. Where there's enough foot traffic to do, like, a 7 p.m. show Mm -hmm. and then a 9 p.m. show in the same venue. Yeah. And then downtown Melbourne, you maybe even could pull off a 11 show, depending on whatever. Yeah. Now, the 11 show would be a shit show. It would be a bunch of drunk, like... It would have Drunk to be Fridays people. and Saturdays, though. Exactly. It be able to be yeah, yeah, yeah. any time during the week. Yeah. But, I mean, because, I mean, what I experienced going to, like, the Comedy Cellar in New York. Now, obviously, that's very different. It's a Comedy Cellar, and it's in freaking New York City. Yeah. But it was, we did the show, and it was so weird because it was 
line around the block. Mm-hmm. We did our showcase, and then you walked out of the building, and there's a whole new line down the block. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, that's right. This is the comedy cellar. They right. empty the room and then fill it back up, empty it, fill it back up, empty it, fill it back up. So fucking cool, That man. place just runs all night, and it's just one show after the other, after the other, after yeah. the other. Because, I mean, the city never sleeps, so that, I mean, the comedy yeah. cellar. And you got a crop of comics that you can rotate yeah, that many shows. Yeah, there's a million comics, so it just keeps, that place just keeps running. Yeah. And people are, I mean, I think it was, I think it was 25 bucks to get in or something like that. And, I mean, packed it out, 25 bucks. Two hours later, whole nother pack club for 25 bucks a seat. Damn. Two hours later, whole nother pack club for 25 bucks a seat. Because you always wonder, it's like, how does a comedy club afford to be in the middle of Manhattan? No, they're making money. And part of the reason, too, though, is because, like, the room is so good that it attracts mainline talent that just want to do. So there's kind of the mystique for the audience of, like, who might walk in the door. It's like, all right, we're going to watch a bunch of no name comics, but who knows? Like, (laughs) Chappelle just might walk in and be like, "Ah, I'm just going to do a quick hour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's. And one of the things that the, the seller also benefits from mm. is all of those clips of the biggest comics in the world yeah. with that logo behind them. People all over the world know mm-hmm. the comedy seller. You know, I mean, the store as well, because Joe Rogan, like, talks about it. Mm-hmm. But the seller, you actually see clips <coughs> from inside the seller. People know that stage. They know that wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. You if know? you've never been there, you can picture walking down those stairs. Exactly, yeah. Into People have seen it. You know, yeah. um, so no, it's it's. I think I think our area there's certain spots that could actually have that style thing where it's a small room, you fill it up, empty it, fill it up, empty it, fill it up, empty it all in one night. Mm-hmm. But you'd ha- it'd have to be in a high foot traffic area to get that done. And I, I'm just not sure where the yeah. attic. <clears throat> As of right now, probably, Could probably do that. Right, because like, when you think about it as an entertainment complex, yeah. right, like the idea of all right, everybody showed up for the seven p.m. show, went upstairs, laughed their asses off, went downstairs and fucking bowled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? same, same with the late show. You show up early, you go bowl for a little bit, show right, up. and then you come up. You know, it's eighty to a hundred people yeah. laugh their ass off. All right, we got both shows done. Yeah, that's so know? cool, man. What you could almost do, actually, is book one set of comics for, like, a 7 p.m. show mm-hmm. and then book a second set of comics for, like, a 9 p.m. show mm-hmm. yeah. to where, like, if the same audience wanted to go bowl and come back, mm-hmm. they'd get a different show. Yeah. That way you could keep those same group of people there all damn night if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you could and you could book... That those two teams of comics for the next day exactly right. so yeah you know. so the comics are still getting a full weekend worth of work mm-hmm. you're just rotating out and you're able to give the opportunity to more comics at the same exactly time. Yeah. yeah the only thing with that room I think is if it gets busy enough where people are downstairs and upstairs they need some kind of sound barrier in the back side of that room yeah because yeah. it's a loft technically it's the yeah. laugh loft yeah the laugh loft <laughs> so we we were kind of talking about the this, curtain thing but like a like a nice like crushed velvet curtain something to catch right yeah because part of the thing and this applies to the seller too but part of the thing that sells comedy is that 
even though they're public events, there's something in the human brain that says this is private. Yeah. And the more that it feels like it's a private thing, the more people are open to laughing at whatever's going on. Yeah. So, you know, if you hang a curtain between you and the front door, you know, people kind of buy into that mystique of like, oh, this is a safe space. I can definitely laugh at, you know. You know what's my only fear, though, that I'm thinking about, though? (laughs) Is, you know how it's a a loft, Uh so the other side of that wall is just a drop to the next floor. Right. If it was a curtain and somebody got the impression that there was a wall there, and, and, leaned leaned and leaned against it and fell to their death Jesus. into the Mexican restaurant. Yeah. I was actually, the first time I was there at the open mic, I was looking at the logistics of how you could hang a solid wall as far as. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a, it's all. There's beams. There's so beams can, and yeah. there's all kinds of ways that you can hang stuff. So uh, that's definitely possible. And it'd be cool to separate that area where the pool tables were to be kind of like a green room, back room area. Yeah. And, I mean, the main thing, which the pool table's got to go out of there. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know if um, they use them during the week. Yeah. But what what would be interesting is, well, the thing is it's so new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it suddenly, be- it became an opportunity really fast where yeah. they said, oh, shit, this could actually work. Yeah. A- after Saturday. <laughs> um, Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, number one, the sound is atrocious. It's yep unacceptable yeah i mean but because of those rafters it would be so easy to mount pa speakers up in those rafters Mm -hmm. and then run wires as well exactly that that room needs surround sound there needs to be two pa speakers in the front and the corners and then two pa speakers in the back in the corner something corners. to drown out that noise exactly because it comes from the bowling alley you yeah. can hear the music from the bowling alley yeah through and, that and i think if you were to do it that way you almost wouldn't need a physical barrier right because the people down because i'm assuming i wasn't there but i'm assuming if you have 80 people up there laughing mm-hmm Everybody in that Mex- Mexican restaurant's like, "What the fuck is going on up there?" Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's got to sound crazy yeah. to be in that restaurant if there's a loft with eighty people laughing. Yeah, you know. I think even with the curtains, they could probably hear the laughter from downstairs. Yeah. Um, well, th- the main reason why you would want to hang curtains in that context is you wouldn't want some asshole eating at the Mexican restaurant, laughing at a completely separate thing, and that wafting upstairs. Yucking it up, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, some yeah. dude fighting with his girlfriend because, like, she, he forgot their anniversary for, like, the <laughs> umpteenth time. Yeah. Although that might be like, fun for the comic yeah, to be mess fun. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but, like, you can't see that from upstairs, so you'd be like, what the fuck is going on, Yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, I think it, it's a it's a huge opportunity, massive potential. Yeah, and comics out there, if you're listening to this, reach out to Eugene Singleton because he's the one that books that. Yeah. So. Oh, and shout out to the dude that painted the the decal on the on that wall because that's yeah. exactly yeah. what it was missing. Yeah. It's beautiful. It looks yeah. so good. Like. And they got it done professional. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, hand painted that shit. That's hand painted. Hand I painted. thought that was really. Yeah. I thought that was a sticker. No. Wow. Hand painted. So big props to that guy. Yeah. I think that's the guy that that uh owns the place or, or at least so is running the George? upstairs. Uh who was the who was the shorter guy walking Black around? Black guy? Yeah. Oh that he painted it? 
Yeah, he painted it. Oh, that's how it got done so fast. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, how did you get a muralist to come in? No, no, he did it fast. himself. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Props. That's amazing. He yeah. uh, he painted that wall. He he did as much as he could to get it ready for the weekend. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And to what Chris is talking about, you know, now that that's up there, every time someone takes a photo exactly. of the stage, at it. It, right, it's right in the background. Mm-hmm. We took a photo of everyone on the first show on Friday, yeah. you know, standing in front of it, and it's like it's good promotional for them. Mm-hmm. It's good promotional for the comic, you yeah. know. The next thing, though, is a spotlight. It needs a real permanent spotlight, which is relatively cheap and easy to do. Yeah. Because what will also, and to your point of making it feel intimate, would be important is getting it, getting the rest of the room as dark as humanly possible. It yeah. should be damn near pitch black everywhere else except the stage. Yeah. And the stage should be as bright as to the point what? where you can't see the first row. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. But that's but you got to get used to that. I know. I because know. Because if, if you ever I'm telling you if you ever step foot on like an improv or a theater, yeah. you can't see shit. Dang. So might as well get used to it early. Yeah. Cuz yeah. Yeah, no. You can't. I mean, <laughs> you can you can put your hand over your eyes like a baseball cap yeah. and then see at the improv, but yeah. if if other than doing this, you won't be able to see shit at the improv. Yeah. There's a uh, that like whatever strobe light or whatever they got going on yeah. up there right now was making me laugh on the inside. I, I it might have been the first night or it might have been the second night. I forget yeah. which. But like Eugene was on stage and like one of the blue lights just kept on shining on his teeth. <laughs> so like every time like the first night I was like that nigga got some white ass teeth <laughs> that I could see the light. But also, it, like, it was very distracting because he'd be in the middle of the joke and he'd turn his head and his whole mouth would turn blue for like a <laughs> second. It's weird, but little stuff like that makes a difference. Yeah. Like that to me, that's why the um, which one is that? I mean, the New Smyrna one's great too, but the Palm Coast uh, Mad Madcaps Caps. is really cool because it's dark. I'll be there in October. That room is dark yeah and then the stage is super well lit i'm excited so it it pulls the audience to the stage yeah because there's really there's nothing else to look at yeah you know yeah that's why that's why when it's when bar shows when they don't turn the tvs off it's horrible because there's something else that they can can just completely pay attention to they do that at area 140 142 as well hey we gotta if they're not paying attention they definitely do it at chumley's yeah because yeah. they don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah no <laughs> but uh area 142 i think the first couple of nights at least they were doing that and we're like even muted y'all gotta have those all the way off mm-hmm. or with the 142 logo on them or something yeah makes the whole show comedy is one of those things where like you have to be keyed in to the people performing mm-hmm. like absolutely keyed in because you're already <laughs> facing whatever distractions you had before you walked in yeah you know, your your babysitter was late. You got a fucking <laughs> low tire pressure light pop mm-hmm. on in your car. And niggas will just sit there and, like, throughout an entire show, be, like, a grown-ass dude is talking to you. And you're just like, fucking babysitter. I can't <laughs> believe we're spending so much. And it's like yeah. you're missing entire bits because you keep on thinking about... Th- like someone being fucking late. <laughs> yeah. And then you hear the punchline and you're like, did he just say the N-word? <laughs> it was no, me. It was me. I said the N-word. <laughs> no, I've, I've done Twice. some shows. 
<laughs> Dude, the, sh- the, the Saturday show, I did my driving in the car, not saying the N-word bit. That was the first time it ever got crickets. You know, because I, I punch it up by going, no matter how good a country song it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got nothing. And I think it was just a bunch of white people that listen to country songs with the N-word in them. And <laughs> they got upset that I was calling them out. I, was, I couldn't. But that, but you know how Jimmy said that threw him off? That threw me off. And for a second, I was like, fuck, where do I go from here? Yeah. I forgot my next thing. So I just went to the first one that popped in my head. And even though it was out of, out of order, I still kind of saved it. But... That's the first time that's ever happened that that joke didn't get a laugh. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. There, there was one bit you did on the Saturday show, which on the opposite end of that scale. Yeah. It's like the best version of that the joke. The tiny hands ever. bit. What's the tiny yeah, hands? I close yeah. out with it. It fucking destroyed, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been working on making it more interactive for the audience so that they're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have someone from the audience before I start the bit come up and hold their hand next to my hand. And this time it just happened to be a lady. And it was way bigger than my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking case in point right there. And uh, I did the whole thing, and I started to get into the OnlyFans bit where I talk about, you know, holding dudes' dicks for money. Yeah. And uh, some dude got really excited about that concept. And he's like, oh, dude, I'll buy in on half your business. <laughs> like, that's such a good idea, bro. I was like, do you want to hold my dick right now? Is that what we're doing? It, and uh, and I, everything, man, I closed out with a with a bang. So that was, whew, that was, that was really good. That, that was, was really awesome. Good. Some right. heckler lady up front. I wanted to. <laughs> oof. She said she was a '90s kid, and she was very much not a '90s kid. <laughs> and like she an had talked some shit. Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I first got up, I got up after Kyle, yeah. and she goes, "I hope you're funnier than the last guy." She, or, or drunk ass. <laughs> and uh, well, to be fair, that's, yeah, a, that's a response uh, you can uh, have. Uh, <laughs> what's the Kyle knows? <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but she, that's just that's mean to say yeah, in general. Sure. So I was like, if I get the chance, I'm gonna say something to this lady. Yeah. And she said she was a '90s kid, and I was like, ma'am, to be honest, <laughs> you look less like you were born in the '90s and more like you're in your '90s. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, fuck you. <laughs> just to turn into a whole thing. And I did a bit where I talked about being a jackass, and she's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and I was like, she's back on my side. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, like it was fun. So, so anybody have any more stuff coming up this week? Um, Sue. Give me one second. I, I wonder who's at the attic this weekend. Did they post who's doing this weekend? Uh, what is this weekend? No, I got. I'm on the first, so that's two weekends. I don't know who's on the yeah. this coming weekend. Mm. So I'm mm. doing Twisted Birch uh, this Saturday, the 26th. Oh, that's right. Mm. Uh, and then I've got. Taking the first weekend of September off, I'm doing the LOL Local Legends thing Nice on the uh, 7th of September, and then I got corked uh, 1080 on September 9th. Oh, I thought you meant like you have, like you're going to be a court. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Going to be doing a tight 15 (laughs) for the judge. (laughs) Let's just keep it to yes and no responses, Mr. (laughs) Shaheen. Uh... I got the Dunes tomorrow. They're starting. They're doing that now. Uh, sh- it'll be the first one. That's that's that that new dude uh, is is hosting it, and <laughs> he's like dude. the new dude. Remember when I uh, was saying that he was yeah. possibly going to go up on Saturday, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's new, new, and he's getting put up as a host. And you know how when you put a comic up as a host, a uh, comic is 
strong word uh and they've never hosted before and then you also don't tell them what they're supposed to be doing oh they're just gonna do all yeah, kinds so, of wild shit that has so nothing to do so in this particular case they go uh hey when you get there can you just kind of run him through what he needs to do <laughs> so we'll see how that goes um all right i'll ask you off yeah microphone uh, wednesday i've got asking for up. a friend uh It'll be the last show for Jimmy and Anthony Papali. So if you haven't seen them on that show, you better get your asses out there. It's a good time. You, you, we sort through some problems, and, and you start to realize that a lot of people are going through the same shit as you. You just got to open up and talk about it a little bit. So that's fun. Uh, Thursday, we got Muggsy's Showcase, Chumley's Open Mic. And I don't think I got anything going on at the end of the, end okay. of the week. All right, so then Saturday I'll be at Twisted Birch. Um, actually, probably bring the laptop and stuff and do a podcast with Ross Paget when awesome. we get there. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love Ross. I've been following him nah, since great. on the radio. Oh, really? Like, before I started doing comedy, and he's <laughs> really? hilarious. He will say stuff where it's like that popped into my head, and then it came out of his mouth, like on the radio. <laughs> the I'm like, I fucking love this dude. <laughs> he's yeah, he's so funny, man. I love that dude. And then uh, next Wednesday, which is August 30th, I'm headlining the boardroom. Which is in Cocoa Beach. And then I don't really have anything until like mid-September, which is why I got to fill my calendar again. And then after that, I got a couple weekends at Snappers, and then I'm back to being busy. So I got to fill my calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this has been the Funny Style Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>